0: Hello, my fellow myth lovers, and welcome back to So You Think Your Family's Bad, the podcast where we talk about how Greek myths came to be. This week, I want to talk a little bit about a happy story. Uh, Typically in ancient Greece, we don't have a lot of happy myths. So this one, I figured we can spice things up a a little bit for our uh, episode four here, which is four out of eight. Uh, So this story, we're going to be talking about... Eros, uh, Psyche, Aphrodite, and the love story that conquers all, and we're still tell today. Um, But first, before we get into all of that, I want to introduce my very special guest here today. Uh, This is Abby Cohen, and Abby, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, Hello. So I am unfortunately in the same comm program as Quincy, which means that we have to do a podcast. So here we are doing a lovely little pop in. She'll be popping in on mine. My podcast is called Fairy Tale Folklore and Fuckery. And each week I pick a random country and we tell a story of fairy tale, folk tale or a fucked up tale that I just found interesting, whether it be a myth or something real. But that's... That's what I do. I also, she also brought me on here because I have a radio show where my name on that is Queen of Hearts, so I am here um, more so on behalf of my radio show than my podcast. So, Mm -hmm. yep, but if you want to listen, Tuesdays at 9, Between Heaven and Heartbreak, it's really fun. (laughs) Alrighty.
0: So, like always, I'm going to get a little bit into the background of uh, the story here, and we have three main characters in this story. Uh, First, of course, we have Aphrodite, uh, the goddess of beauty, uh, sexual love, pleasure, uh, procreation. She is... She's something. She's something. Uh, But she encompasses all of those aspects. And then we have Eros, of course, and Eros uh, is the son of Aphrodite and Ares, And he's the personification of intense love. So his whole ordeal is, he's just the love god. If you ever heard of Cupid, that is his Roman name. So think of Cupid, bow bow and arrow, shoots hearts at, oh my gosh, shoots arrows at people uh, and makes them fall in love. So that is who this guy is. And then we also have Psyche, who is a human who, it personifies in the story the human soul and everything that comes with passion and misfortunes with us humans. Psyche was a human like we've already covered, but she was the daughter of a king who I honestly do not care enough to figure out who the kingdom or what the kingdom is. So she was just the youngest daughter of three uh, for a mortal king. She was seen to be the most beautiful woman on the earth. She was personified and adored by all men and they would flock to the palace of the kingdom to just to see her and admire her from afar. And because of this, the temples of Aphrodite, who we've mentioned earlier, became deserted. There was nobody there. They, the no men would flock to her altar anymore. And all the praise and the glory that would go to being a goddess, especially goddess of beauty, went to this mortal woman who was just considered to be more beautiful than Aphrodite herself.
1: Okay, wait, is this, like, it kind of reminds me of, like, Sleeping Beauty, where, you know, like, the little fairy godmother's gift gifta, uh, all the things. So I feel like Aphrodite accidentally, like, Loki when she was drunk or something, like, just gave Psyche the, the beautiful gift, and then she realized, like, when she turned 18, and she was like, oh, shit, wait, what the fuck did I do? I didn't want her to get that. Like, I meant it for somebody else. She probably meant it for, like, a nymph or something.
0: So Aphrodite was distraught that all of this was going to a mortal woman, So what she did in order as like a last-ditch effort was told her son Eros, the god of love, that he needed to make Psyche fall in love with the ugliest beast that he could find on the earth as a punishment for her beauty.
1: She means herself.
0: (laughs) So Eros agrees to do this, and he goes over to Psyche, he finds her, and he's about to compel her to fall in love with the ugliest beast that he can find. But instead, he falls in love with her.
1: Who would have guessed? No one. No one would have guessed.
0: So, he decided to not make her fall in love with this beast because he fell in love with her, and decided not to tell Aphrodite because he didn't want to get in trouble with his mom. So, throughout the years, because Eros had never struck her with an arrow of love of any sort. She had never been able to fall in love with any mortal man. And no mortal man was able to fall in love with her. Men were just happy with admiring her from afar and then leaving her for another woman.
1: Mm. Sounds normal.
0: <laughs> Sounds all right. <laughs> um, Very normal in your And point. this, yeah. Uh, and we haven't covered this yet, but... Psyche would have been probably in her late teens because she, usually Greek women were married off in the early teens, like 13, 14, 15, and if it's causing her parents to worry that she hasn't been married yet and her two older sisters has, she's probably in her like 16, 17, eight year, 18 years of age. Oh
1: no, she's barely an adult and she hasn't gotten married what a Same. horrible thing. <laughs> well, we want that, though. Like, we, we want to, like, wait it out because we know what the dating game is like.
0: So her parents decided in order to find her a husband, they needed to go <coughs> seek the counsel of a god. So who'd they go to? The Oracle of Delphi. So <laughs> they went to the Oracle of Delphi to ask Apollo what they need to do in order to marry her off. But before they had went to see Apollo, Eros convinced Apollo to not tell the truth and instead say that she was destined to fall in love with an ugly beast, as Aphrodite had said. Um, but in order to find her match, she needed to get brought up to the top of a mountain, dressed in all black, and then left there for her husband to find her.
1: Can you like imagine nowadays... The rescue searches. So
0: Apollo decided to agree to this, and that is what he decreed through the Oracle. If you want to know how the Oracle of Delphi works, please check out my second episode. Uh, it's all in there. It's so cool. And it's important to note that this ugly beast was supposed to be a snake that was supposed to be more powerful than any of, than any of the gods. Her parents decided to take her up to the mountain, and they left her there. What but, great parents. But, oh a know, right? plus. Right?
1: Yeah, we really round of
0: applause to them. So as they're doing this, they are just crying the whole time. They are going up to the mountain. They're acting as if they are sending her off to her death. That they're never going to see her again. That like this this marriage is so bad that they are mourning the loss of their daughter already,
1: and she's not even gone yet. Where was this emotion when the Oracle of Delphi decreed it? And also, why are you just going along with it? Because it's so dumb it's such a dumb decree well they
0: they the oracle seemed to be like the word of apollo so what she said came from the gods therefore it was true and they had to listen to it it's kind of like how christians believe the bible is the word of god and they do what the bible says because that's what god decrees the same thing with apollo and the oracle
1: you could say that for almost any religion right
0: yeah you could it's just the most popular analogy i can think of very true so they take her to this mountain they're crying they're mourning her and they leave her and she's staying there overnight. She's t- uh, trying to just kind of uh, resonate with herself, like what's going on, but she just can't. She's upset, she's distraught, she's crying. And Zephyr, who is the god of the west wind, because the Greeks it's had gods for the east winds, north winds, south winds,
1: and west winds. It sounds like the name of a medication. <laughs> Zephyr? <laughs> like a mental illness or something. Well, I mean, it did stop her from crying. See, when the wind took her, it's floated her
0: to a meadow and put her to sleep. Midsummer stream right there. Not that True I, Wait. So it is Zephyr's medication, a god and midsummer cult.
1: Potentially, yes. Yes. Okay. I believe okay. so. Glad, glad
0: that we got that covered. She wakes up in front of this palace and she doesn't know where she is, obviously. And she all she can think of is just this palace is beautiful, it must be owned by a god. It's huge. It's the most beautiful building she's ever laid her eyes on. And she lived in a kingdom in palace for years she so what does she do she's she's curious about the palace she's never seen anything like it before so she walks up to the house and she's like looking inside but she doesn't cross a threshold she's just kind of curious she doesn't want to enter without getting permission to enter and she hears this voice uh, coming from inside the building saying this house is yours this is for you come and get it like Come in here, take a bath, eat some dinner. This is, this is yours. Mm-hmm. So, so what does any normal, sane, young woman in the middle of nowhere do? Walk into it. She walks into it.
1: That should not be the first answer. This poor girl. <laughs> this oh poor
0: girl. <laughs> so she walks into this building. She bathes, she eats, she has this beautiful feast. She's never been more satisfied by anything that she has encountered before. And while she's eating, she hears more voices and she just can't figure out, like, what it's coming from or what's happening. Uh, but that night, she get, crawls into bed and she hears the voice that she's been hearing all day. And she realizes that this is her husband. This is who she was supposed to meet. This was all, this is the prophecy coming true.
1: Wait, where is the wedding for all of this? Because you did not just leave your daughter on a mountain and consider that marriage when you've never seen the human being or the god or the seven-headed crazy monster.
0: No, you're right. There's definitely plot holes. Um So she listens to his voice and she happiness just washes over her because this voice obviously cannot be the voice of a monster. It would obviously sound
1: says every, like, young girl murdered by a serial killer ever. At Ted Bundy. Yeah, really. So, What's she doing on Netflix? Dahmer. Yeah. So, but that was men. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I was gonna watch it.
0: You should it. watch it. But, she, this voice washes over her, and she realizes, like, she's, this, this voice obviously can't be the voice of a monster. Monster's voice would be all, um, scratchy and creepy, and just, like, not soothing like this man's voice is, and She's just like ah oh. comfortable. Every day this would happen, she'd be alone throughout the day. She'd be eating and bathing all day long. You what? <laughs> There's nothing else that she did.
1: There's no harp she could like play There like was it was just an empty
0: house. All she no no servants, no nothing. She was alone was there day art? in I she don't. She could at least
1: like stare at the wall. You know? That's something pretty.
0: All we know is that she just would eat a lot, which honestly same girl. I would eat a lot too.
1: Yeah, like nice ass food from the gods.
0: I would. She's alone day in, day out. But during the nights, her husband comes every single night to talk with her, to sleep with her, and to just be there. And throughout the days, since she was really lonely, she started missing her family and hoping that her family's mourning her because they haven't seen her, so she just assumes that they think that she's dead because of the way that you know they obviously dropped her off at the mountain. And she just really hopes that she could see them one more time. So that night, she goes up to her husband when he comes back and asks him if her sisters can come and visit so that she can uh, not be alone during the day and that they could know everything is okay with her. And he refused.
1: (laughs) What if, okay, what if he refused because he thought her sisters were prettier? And then he was like, I can't have three wives.
0: (laughs) Well, the reason why he. Why he refused is because he didn't want her to be influenced by them. So, like, to make her want to see his face.
1: They're obvious.
0: Because He's she so hasn't seen it yet. Dumb. Like he was just like, self conscious. Ob-
1: they're obviously going to tell him to do that.
0: Exactly. So, he eventually agrees by saying just that. Like, you can't let them influence you to want to do anything that I don't like. You can't do, you can't do anything that I disapprove of. So she agrees to those. The audacity. She agrees to those terms. And the next day, her sisters arrive. And they were all extremely happy to see one another. They missed each other. They loved each other. They were catching each other up with their lives. And then it was time for them to leave. And the sisters decided, I'm curious or we're curious about who this man is. What is What is he doing? What does he look like? how does he how can he afford this mansion and so they decide to instill this seed of doubt in psyche and they say then they say hey remember that prophecy you're supposed to marry a big ugly beast this terrible monster and you haven't seen your husband's face yet he, if he is truly as bad as the oracle said he would be he's going to kill you and you need to kill him first before he kills you
1: you know, at least they were prepared. They were like, kill him. you get this nice-ass mansion. We'll all come back here. Live on this hill.
0: You know, they looking out for her. Yeah. They, they, got, they got a bitch's back.
1: Yeah. They were like, you get all the money and the jewels in this place. Exactly.
0: What she ended up doing was exactly that. So that night she had this plan where she would get a candle and a knife, and she would go over to her husband and look upon his face. And if he was a serpent, she was going to kill him. If he wasn't, she'd be just happy, I guess. I don't know.
1: She would just have sex with a man. She
0: would just get on with her life. Yeah. And so she does that that night. She slowly walks over to the bed with a candle and a knife in hand. And she walks over uh, and sees his face. And it's a beautiful man. The most beautiful man she's ever seen
1: in her life. Okay. I mean, to be fair, she lives in the, what, this, like, small ass city of, like, 50 people? I'm sure, like, it's all a kingdom. of them. It's a kingdom. Remember, she lived in a kingdom, and
0: all of these people, all these men from across the land would come just to uh, look at her face. Yeah, I forgot that. So, it's the most beautiful thing she's ever seen in her life. And she's probably seen some beautiful men. True. So, she's relieved, she's overjoyed. And she forgets what she's doing and lets the candle wax drop off the candle and land on the man in her bed.
1: Kink. <laughs> and. Kink alert. But he doesn't like it apparently. So he wakes up, right? Yes, he does. He wakes
0: up and he's all upset and furious. Um, but he just storms out of the bedroom and doesn't say anything to her. Just, okay. Just leaves. Child. She follows him out into the hallway, follows after him, and hears him say in a sorrowful, mournful voice, love cannot live without trust. And then he flew away into the night.
1: He just sounds like a baby. (laughs) Well, have you seen Cupid? (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong, yeah. So
0: at that moment, she realizes that that was Eros. God of love that she's been married to. So after he leaves, he just, she, she's just distraught, and she falls into a depression. She cries again, and she just mourns for days. And then she eventually decides that she's going to do something about losing this love.
1: What is she going to do?
0: She goes to Aphrodite,
1: mm.
0: and she tries to convince Aphrodite to let Eros, or to convince Eros to go back to Psyche. At this point, we're still looking for revenge on her for being beautiful. And she decides that she needs to go through three challenges for her to see that her love is true and she's really devoted to Eros. So she takes her to the first task, which is on top of a mountain. Of course. Of course, Psyche in her mountains. And she gives, there's a pile of seeds, small seeds, (coughs) And she's ordered to sort them by type, whether it's poppy seeds or wheat seeds or anything else. And after that, he leaves. But she has to do this by the afternoon that day. So uh, Psyche is upset. She's crying again because she's going to lose arrows for good this time. This
1: poor girl is just going through it. She is going through it. I she poor mental health. She's like, damn, I can't do anything without anybody telling me I'm fucked up over here.
0: Yeah, she's she's just upset um
1: she she maybe she needs some zephyr she needs <laughs> some zephyr that is very true,
0: so a bunch of ants find her and sort all these all these seeds for her and Aphrodite comes back at the afternoon time and sees that all the seeds are sorted
1: correctly. Wow,
0: and she is blown away by psyche's work ethic, so if they take her to the second uh to the second task and the second task uh was. She was supposed to go to a river that was running with black water instead of blue. And she was supposed to fill up a bottle of, uh, or just fill up a bottle with that water and give it to Aphrodite. So she goes up to these rocks. She's determined to get this river water, and the rocks are slippery as hell. And she can't get over it. And she realizes that the only thing that could get this, fill this bottle of water is... Something that can fly, something with wings, and she doesn't have those, so she's upset. She's crying no, again. Really? She cries again. She does this a lot. This poor girl. This poor girl. Um, and a, an eagle comes by and takes pity on her and fills up the bottle of water for her.
1: I'm telling you, it's not normal for animals. Like you're not a Disney princess over here.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know about I don't know about ants, but Zeus is. Patron animal is an eagle. So maybe Zeus was like,
1: <gasps> Yeah, because she's pretty and everything. So he's probably mm-hmm. like, mm, I can fuck her. After he's a this. horn dog. Yeah. So it's true.
0: Might have been Zeus. Who knows? But an eagle comes by and fills up the bottle of water for her. Aphrodite comes back, sees that she has this bottle of water, and sends her to the third task. And his third task was a little bit more daunting. Uh, Aphrodite tells her to go to the underworld and get a box with a bottle of beauty elixir inside of it from the queen of the underworld herself, Persephone. So, but her only condition was that she could not open this box. She had to bring it straight back to Aphrodite. She made the descent into the underworld. She found Persephone. She convinced her to give her this box of the beauty elixir. And then she left. But as soon as she left the underworld, she...
1: No became. one can just, like, listen and no not one can do listen. anything in these stories. No.
0: Curiosity always gets the cat, and this bitch was the cat. She was curious, and she opened the box, and it wasn't a beauty elixir inside of it. It was Morpheus, the god of sleep. He jumped out of the box and put her to sleep, a deep, deep sleep that she could not get out of for opening the box After she fell asleep, the gods at that point in time decided that they were gonna intervene and send Hermes messenger god to Eros and tell him everything that has happened to Psyche since he left her. And he became he was touched. He was he was like her devotion to me and her strife and everything that she's going through in order to come back to me outweighs her distrust and her disloyalty.
1: Damn. Yeah,
0: you never show me your face. Like, you know, like when you get in a relationship, you're kind of like cautious a little bit until you see their true colors, you know? And yeah. You just want to see their true colors. Yeah, and exactly. That's, that's all we're not was in
1: happening. relationships.
0: So Eros flies over to Zeus and asks him to wake Psyche up. And Zeus is touched by the love that they have for each other.
1: I, I think right? um, Eros also had to be like, look, if you give me my love, I'll give you some bitches. And Maybe that was the deal. He definitely <laughs> had to like give something to the king of the gods in order to receive this back. Yeah, there's no way that Zeus was just he was like, like yeah, happy sure. Happy about it? No, like Zeus is. Zeus
0: is Zeus. <laughs> Zeus eventually, the moral of the story is Zeus wakes up Psyche and Eros mm. flies back down to Psyche, finds her, and basically like is like I'm your savior. And they decide to get married, and they live happily ever after. But at the wedding, plot twist, Zeus also granted Psyche as a wedding present, immortality as a
1: goddess. So I think he did that so he could witness her eternal beauty just as long as Aphrodite's.
0: That might be true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, definitely. I know, it's smart and cool. But speaking of Aphrodite, like when, when uh when Psyche was brought up to the heavens and was part of the immortal family now, she was fine. She was happy because none of the mortal men were able to worship Psyche anymore. Because yeah, but like
1: Zeus could just like gaze upon Psyche. Yeah, and but that's Aphrodite. Hera's problem.
0: That's Hera's problem.
1: That is, bro, poor Hera. I would. Poor Hera. She she deserves so much cold better.
0: Blood. She deserves so much better. She really did. But all the men went back to worshiping Aphrodite. Psyche and Eros got together. Zeus got something out of the deal. And everybody was happy. Before we get into a little bit of a what do we think about this? I just want to point out some fun things that I think are important to talk about. Um, the names Eros and Psyche literally translate to desire and soul, which this story, if you put, if you change those names up, it suggests that the soul craves desire and the desire only thrives when it's with the soul. So I think that's a little bit of a beautiful kind of metaphor for this behind the story that the ancient Greeks had. Okay, so Abby, I want to ask you a little bit,
1: like, what is your take as the queen of hearts? What is your take on the story? Persephone? Well, first off, men always suck. So Eros could have avoided, like, all of Psyche's troubles and shit if he had just... Not been a crybaby and walked away in that moment, and just sat there and was like, "Let me take in these feelings, and then talk with talk about it." Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. an adult. But for someone who's lived a thousand million years, like why the why? Where is the emotional intelligence? Where is the emotional intelligence? He, and then he just makes his
0: metaphor, and then runs off.
1: Yeah, and then poor psyche has to marry that. Like you're not. He's very clearly oh. not emotionally intelligent enough for this relationship. And then you're just like. Damn, gotta marry you because you're pretty. And, well, um, and
0: she's blinded by that love. He struck her with that arrow. She yeah, had Yeah,
1: wait a whole damn a minute. It's not even real. He literally struck her with his own arrow well, that was to s- get him laid. Like that was it. That's true. all he wanted. But for. also,
0: like we had talked about earlier, arrows literally means like
1: it literally partnership means
0: love. Desire. It means desire.
1: Uh key takeaway number two. Persephone and Aphrodite could have played their little game without involving Psyche in it. Because mm-hmm. that girl gone through way too much. She has she so dead. much trauma to deal with for the next couple. Millennia. Year. Yeah, <laughs> really. Like uh, millennia over there. Yeah. But the things
0: that I kind of took out of it were that man needs to communicate consistently mm-hmm. and bring in room for consent. Because, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, he just was, he was he was in love with her. He liked her. So he made her fall in love with him mm-hmm. and manipulated the situations that she would like him. Exactly. But, I mean, there's also something to talk about how long this story has lasted through the ages. And different franchises have adapted it, too, to their own stories. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, like you were talking about earlier. Girl in a mansion. Beast turns into a prince. You know what I mean? Mm. So, oh, yeah. People have adapted it before, so there's got to be something there that people find attractive in the, in the idea of love. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think that we could take away, that everybody could take away from this is, like I said, the three Cs. Communicate consistently with consent. Yes. Okay. Right, well, do you have anything else you want to add?
1: No, but I can't wait to see you on my podcast in the next couple weeks because we're going to be delving into Greece, so I can't wait to see what you bring to the table so yeah check uh check
0: out abby's podcast uh fairy tale folklore and fuckery uh it's pretty cool and i will see you guys next week if you guys are interested in keeping up to date with anything uh regarding so you think your family's bad check out my instagram and my twitter at your family's bad and i will see you next week on so you think your family's bad